Are we going to talk about the Knicks tonight? I think we have to. That's the best win of the season for the Knicks. Keith McPherson checking in. I wasted my time watching the Nets fall into a trap game. Second half of a back-to-back big game in Philly. Come back home. Obviously, they lose to the Pistons, whatever. KD's still out, and uh, that was annoying. But I should have watched the whole Knicks game. And I'm thinking as I'm keeping my eye on the Knicks game late that the Knicks are going to give it up. You know, the Knicks are going to fold in the fourth quarter. No, 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 no. Julius Randle is on one. Like, are you watching Julius Randle lately in the last few games? He's playing like an all-star. He's carrying the Knicks. He doesn't do anything but drop 30-plus. And I can't get over this dunk that I saw him put down with his left hand over Jason Tatum. Knicks fans, I know I've been saying that the Knicks make you feel like they're winning and they develop some goodwill and the fan base gets excited and then they erase it, but they got a decent stretch of games going right here. And I, in my opinion, I think that's the best win of the season. Why? Because they go to Boston, the Boston Garden, not Madison Square Garden, you know, TD Garden. And they knock off the number one team in the East, the defending Eastern Conference champions, the Celtics. And I know the Celtics are struggling a little bit as of late. But uh, whenever I, you know, see Knicks Celtics, I think back to Bing Bong. Like the whole Bing Bong viral video from last year started when the Knicks beat the Celtics in the Garden. And I think that game had multiple overtimes. Tonight, it only took one overtime. The Knicks are putting it together. Now, I know they had a letdown when they lost to the Raptors, and then the Hawks before that, then the Wizards before that, then the Raptors before that, four-game losing streak. But look at who they just beat this week. Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers on Tuesday, and then today, Thursday, January 26th, they beat the Celtics. Thursday, January 26th, 2023. It has been three years since we lost Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Kobe and Gigi and the Altobello family and everyone that was lost in that tragedy. It's crazy how fast time moves because it doesn't feel like it's been three years without Kobe Bryant on this planet. But it's rivalry week in the NBA. Obviously, the Celtics and the Knicks, it's New York versus Boston. That's a rivalry. And the Knicks went up there and handled business. I, I saw a stat from Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims is who Ben Simmons wishes he could be. Jericho Sims hasn't missed a shot in four games. He's not taking too many shots. <laughs> he's not He's not shooting too much. But tonight, he played 36 minutes, had two points, 14 rebounds. Made his one bucket. But gave you 36 minutes, 14 rebounds. Gave you some good energy out there on the floor. Now, obviously, uh, I already mentioned Julius Randle. He dropped 37 points. But he just, like, he's having his way. He played 36 minutes, and he shot a little bit over 50%. He had five threes. But I'm telling you, when you go to NBA.com and you click on the box score, the first highlight is the dunk where he's one-on-one with Tatum. He shakes not even, just a little step to his left. Then he comes down the lane to the right and elevates and dunks it with his left hand in front of Tatum. It's a ridiculous play in the NBA. And I know... Julius Randle has gone through his fair share of things. I know there has been a lot of criticism. I know it, it's been, you know, he's deserved it. I, I know he's earned it. 
But right now, he is playing really well. Like, MIP, most improved player level, like he played two years ago. Uh, if they keep this going, I think Knicks fans can start to believe. When you have him doing that, and also JB, Jalen Brunson, not Jalen Brown, plays 40 minutes, gives you 29. You get 29 points from Brunson, 7 assists. Then you also get 19 out of R.J. Barrett. That's a good recipe for success. And then IQ off the bench with another 17. Now on the Celtic side, Jason Tatum did go for 35 points. Not enough to win. They had a run in the end of this game. I think it might have been like a 20 to to 8 run or something like that where it looked like, oh, here we go. The Knicks are going to collapse again. But they held them off. Jalen Brown had 22. Derek White had 15. Malcolm Brogdon had 10. Whatever. The Celtics have been messing around with their lineup a little bit. They've been resting guys, playing guys. Like when they just played uh, the Nets, they rested Jalen Brown and they handled the Nets. And the Nets right now without KD, it's like you you don't know what you're going to get. They're playing better. And I'll talk about the Nets in a second. Shout out to my Nets fans that just listened to Brooklyn Nets radio. Uh, That game was annoying. It was just, you know, it was frustrating to me. But the Knicks. Knicks fans, call me up, 877-337-6666. Tell me what you saw if you watched that whole game through regulation and overtime. It's got to make you feel good to beat the number one team in the East. They had everybody except, I think, Marcus Smart. So pretty much they're at full strength. Al Horford played. Robert Williams played. Jalen Brown, I already mentioned. like they Grant Williams, they had pretty much all of their guys um, except for Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. But that's a good win, a good win, a good win, a morale-building win. And it's rivalry week. And who who do the Knicks play next? Who do the Nets play next? Each other. The Battle of the Boroughs, Brooklyn versus Manhattan, 530 in Brooklyn on Saturday. And I think the Nets have beat the Knicks eight times in a row. And if there has ever been a time in this recent time for the Knicks to end that streak, it's right now. The Nets are vulnerable. Now let's talk about the Nets. Ben Simmons, I have to start with. He He's super frustrating to watch on your team. I remember when the rumors started, there was an article that came out, and I'll never forget it because he, this guy being traded to the Nets was just, I don't know. It was a mistake. And I feel like the Nets were the only team willing to do the trade because they had to with uh they had to with James Harden just, you know, quitting on the team and it, it was just the type of thing that like, you know, they kind of defaulted into. They lost that trade. And Ben Simmons is a head case. Ben Simmons is every night it's a journey with him. It's like super frustrating to watch the guy play because he doesn't know what he wants to be, what he wants to do. And uh, tonight, he ends up getting out of the game. He gets, like, poked in the eye, and um, he has, like, a knee issue, and he goes out of the game. But I could just feel that he wanted to get out of the game. The the Nets obviously played the Sixers, and the Nets go down to Philadelphia. It's a nationally televised game. They're in that game close. They almost stole that game. They don't have enough to win it, whatever. They go into this game. Seth Curry balled last night. He had 32, so they rest him. And... um, they just didn't have it tonight. Second half of a back-to-back against a young Pistons team that has fresh legs. They're young guys, one of the youngest teams in the league. Those guys were running and jumping and 
There's nothing that the Nets really could do the whole game. I think the Nets had a lead for like a very little bit of time. It was just deflating to see the Nets lose back-to-back when they built up some goodwill beating the Utah Jazz, beating the Golden State Warriors, then they go to Philly and lose, then they come back home and lose on Chinese New Year celebration in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant is on the floor. They're celebrating the Chinese New Year. They're celebrating Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving being named all-star starters. And, uh, you know, it's just like you go in this game expecting to be able to beat the Pistons. You go in this game thinking like, all right, even though it is on the second half of of a back-to-back, the Pistons are the worst team in the East. They have 13 wins. you got to get that win. But I don't know. The the energy wasn't there. And multiple guys on the Pistons end up in double digits. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys in double digits. And the Nets just didn't have it. Even though Kyrie Irving comes out and drops 40, even though Nick Claxton had his career high two nights ago in Philly, he comes back and he breaks his career high with 27 points tonight. Edmund Sumner, he gets some time. He has 24 points, which is a career high. But all in all, the Nets just can't play enough defense, can't get enough stops. And the Pistons beat them 130, 130, 130 to 122. And you could tell that, you know, the Pistons were ready. They had their uh, alternate uniforms, their city edition uniforms. They were in green. They looked like the Milwaukee Bucks out there. And, uh, you know, Nick Claxton was ready to go. Kyrie was ready to go. But without KD, it's just, like, obvious that this team does not have enough. You're not getting enough from Royce O'Neal scoring the ball. You're not getting enough from Joe Harris shooting the ball. And T.J. Warren is supposed to be a bucket. T.J. Warren's supposed to be a scorer. He hasn't been that effective lately. And you're just looking for guys like, I don't know, Cam Thomas to maybe contribute. But he only plays two minutes. He's a young guy that clearly they don't have trust in. He doesn't give you anything. Patty Mills tries to get it going. Utah tries to get it going. But ultimately, it's not enough. Oh, let's see. I got a call. Mike is in Long Island City. This is funny. Mike is in Long Island City on the fan. Go for it, Mike. Hey, Keith, I'm a big fan. Listen to you every night. Um, I just noticed tonight you made a couple of points about Julius Randle dunking with his left hand. Like uh, You mentioned it like three different times already, but he's a left-handed player. It's not <laughs> like he's a right He's not like he's a it's right-handed a, player. It was impressive to me, so kinda, but yeah. I kind of thought you forgot that he was left-handed. I definitely did because I, I just like yeah. the way he went up with the dunk in the lane with his left hand. It's natural okay. for him, but for me to do it, it would have been a little bit harder, but yeah, that that's a natural that's a natural dunk for him. But when you see the highlight, he dunks with uh-huh. his inside hand when the defender is on his inside. Usually, you see guys go up and dunk that with the right. But thank you for that. He's a left-handed right. player. Okay, yeah, I appreciate that. Also, I wanted to talk about Joe Harris. Um, the Nets are going to have to get something for Joe. I mean, they gave him a contract. They've been dealing, you know, with his injuries. The Nets need that other outside score, and he's like, you know, nobody pushes him under the bus, but he's something he, like T.J. Warren. He's coming back from a serious injury, and I understand with KB out, people are expecting things from him, but I don't think nobody puts pressure on Joe Harris. Joe Harris has got to step up, bro. Joe Harris is a player that has a $75 million contract. I'm right there yeah. with you. He used to be up there with a shooting percentage next to Steph Curry. He's not the same guy anymore. I think this is the end of the road. I hope they can trade him. He's starting on this Nets team, and he's just not contributing enough. Yeah, I agree with you, man, yeah. All right, Keith, uh, good luck to you, bro. I listen to you every night. You're great, man. Thanks for the call, Mike. And, yes, Julius Randle is a left-handed player, so the level of difficulty on that dunk was not as impressive as it appeared to me. 
I did forget that he was a left-handed player. That's natural for him. But when you see the highlight and you see somebody coming down, go look at the highlight. When you, see, I think even the broadcasters say, like, oh, he dunked it with his left hand. It looks like a beast of a dunk. But it was natural for him to dunk it like that. Still could have went up. Like, he didn't have anyone on his right side. He could have banged it with his right hand. But just giving props to Julius Randle. The guy is playing out of his mind. And uh, he's carrying the Knicks, and it seems like every night he's going for 30 points. And this is the version of Julius Randle that Knicks fans wanted and that Knicks fans had hoped for. Uh, 877-337-6666. We're going to talk about a few things. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett has been hired as the Jets' new offensive coordinator. That has been the conversation all day. Uh, I will play a clip from James Dolan. James Dolan doesn't do too many interviews, but when he does, he has some, some things to say. Uh, we're coming up on 11 o'clock, the break and the update. Let's hit that right now. And you say New York City. Thursday night on the fan, January 26th. We got uh, another hour until it is Friday, Friday. Got to get down on Friday. Keep McPherson checking back in to talk through the sports conversations. We will get to the Nathaniel Hackett. Aaron Rodgers, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But, uh, yo, shout out to uh, Jimmy D. New New Year's, same James. New New Year, same me. <laughs> James Dolan is hilarious. And and if, if anybody in Dolan's camp is listening, I don't want no smoke. I don't even go to the Garden, honestly. But I think it's hilarious that they, one, have these, these – um, you know, facial recognition thing. They scan people in there and how they regulate the place. There's just always a story every year about, you know, what he does in his spot. But it's his spot. He owns the spot. He owns the teams. And he's going to say and do what he wants to do. And he doesn't do a lot of interviews. But when he does, he gives you some memorable moments. And uh, I saw JR Sport Brief post this today, and I was cracking up. Let's play this clip. I think from Fox 5, an interview with James Dolan as he's talking about potentially, uh, you know, pulling back the sale of liquor during games, Rangers or Knicks games, which I think that's crazy. I don't think I don't think he's really going to do it. It's a threat. But uh, I'll let you hear it for yourself if you didn't already hear it. What are the fans saying about this? They don't care at all. <laughs> Who? I mean, we're talking about a small group of attorneys Right, the, the of lawyers, right? Why would the Knicks fans or the Rangers fans or the concert goers care about them? They don't. They, but I will tell you one thing. The SLA, right, is way, way beyond their skis. And, and uh, so, Have they reached out to you, the, the state liquor authority? Oh, yeah. No, they're, they, they, they're being extremely aggressive. And they're saying, we're going to take away your liquor license. We're having some trouble with it. It's skipping a little bit, but... I wanted to get to the part where he literally puts this guy's name, number, and email address out there. So when you hear him talking about, you know, the State Liquor Authority Association, uh, he's got an issue with them. And when he says the fans don't care, uh, we are the fans. You are the fans. I think the fans definitely care. I think if you went to a Knicks game and you wanted to get a drink and that wasn't available to you, you'd have a problem with it. Same with the Rangers, but I think that's what he's getting at, right? He says, and I think Connor's working on getting us the clip, but he says later in the clip, you know, I'm going to have these printed out so when fans have an issue with it, we can tell them to complain by sending an email 
and calling this guy, and he's got a printout that he brought to the interview with this guy's information and his face on it. And uh, he said, you know, they're being extremely aggressive. They're saying we're going to take away your liquor license, so I have a little surprise. We're going to pick a night, maybe a Rangers game. I don't know why I started there, but I do know why, because the Rangers get, like, the hockey crowd and the Rangers game super lit and drinking is a part of it, whatever. We're going to shut down all the liquor and all the alcohol in the building. If he's a man of his word and actually does this, this is going to be a spectacle. This is going to be viral. I mean, he already went viral with this interview today. And whatever. Do what you want to do, Jimmy D. It's your building. It's your team's. But I, I think uh, that'd be going a little too far. What else did he say? He said, in the United States, there's a thing called the Bill of Rights. This is about owning property. And uh, hopefully we can get the rest of the clip. And like I said, I don't want any smoke, Jimmy D. James Dolan, I don't even pull up. I'm not a Rangers fan. I'm not a Knicks fan. And uh, I don't go there to see any concerts. When I saw that on Twitter today, I was like, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Now, Nathaniel Hackett. I think if you listen to WFAN, you've heard every thought, every take today. And uh, what I want to say is my thought and my take. Hiring Nathaniel Hackett, just focus on Nathaniel Hackett. Hiring Nathaniel Hackett is the replacement for LaFleur. So upgrade immediately. Now, I know that this guy has a bad rap right now. Because he just got fired in Denver and they had the worst offense in the league. But he was the head coach and I just think it was the wrong fit. And I think Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, I don't think it was the right fit. Especially, you know, watching some of those games. One, Russ is not the same player. Two, Russ isn't really a pocket guy. Russ is like 5'11", probably really like 5'10". He's not really a stand-in-the-pocket passer. He's better on the move. He's better rolling out. He's better creating. And, uh, you know, they had some injuries this year, and they just had a lot of things not go their way in Denver. And you know what? The new head coach, he's got to carry all of that. He's got to carry all of that. But you know what I already know, though? He's going to be a better offensive coordinator than Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur got his first opportunity here with the Jets, and it didn't go so well. You needed to hire a guy with experience. As soon as they fired Mike LaFleur, we started talking about it on the fan, and we said they need to hire a guy with experience, and they need to hire the OC before they make a decision on the quarterback. So step one is complete. And Rob Salas spoke today, and, you know, he kind of alluded to the fact, which we all know, nobody's stupid here. We get it. We all watch the season. He said, you know, we're committed to finding a veteran quarterback. So we've already been talking about the prospect of Aaron Rodgers, and that just fired that conversation up even more. Some odds came out. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook reported that the, the Jets have the eighth best odds to win the Super Bowl now. I think that's a money grab for them. They're like, oh, yeah, let's see if we can get some fans to uh, you know throw 100 down on the Jets to win the Super Bowl, even uh, though we don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for them yet. But there was a few interesting things, you know, uh, Rich Samini put on Twitter, the pros of hiring Nathaniel Hackett. He's an experienced play caller, runs the West Coast system, which means you'll have some continuity. And he got to the AFC title game with Blake Bortles, right? They also had playoff Lenny, 
Leonard Fournette, a strong running game and a great defense. Obviously, everyone knows the Rodgers connection because that's what we thought that the Broncos wanted to do, right? Hire Nathaniel Hackett and then trade for Aaron Rodgers, get him to come there. That obviously didn't go down. Rich Semini also put out the cons, right? Coming from a, a, a bad run in Denver, they literally were 32nd in scoring. They were the worst offense. They had scores this year of six and nine a, a few different times. And he was the play caller. But there's a big difference between calling the plays on the ground and calling the plays in the sky. I honestly do not know how like a guy like Doug Peterson, obviously it's experience and it's reps. I don't know how a guy like Doug Peterson is so good at calling plays on the field, on the sideline. It's it's a gift. It's a skill. It's a talent. Um, but he'll most likely be calling plays up in the booth. Okay, so uh, before I get too far on the Nathaniel Hackett stuff, Connor went and fetched the James Dolan clip. I read you a little bit of it, but let's just play it from start to finish so you could hear it in his own words. Go ahead and hit it, Connor. What are the fans saying about this? They don't care at all. <laughs> Who? I mean, we're talking about a small group of attorneys, right? The, the of lawyers, right? Why would the Knicks fans or the Rangers fans or the concert goers care about them? They don't. They, but I will tell you one thing: the SLA, right, is way, way beyond their skis. And, and uh, so, have they reached out to you, the, the state liquor authority? Oh yeah, no, they're they, they they're being extremely aggressive, and they're saying we're going to take away your liquor license. So I have a little surprise for them, right, to to help because because they're basically doing this for publicity. So we're going to give them some publicity. All right, what we're going to do, right, is we're going to pick a night, right, maybe a Rangers game, and we're going to shut down all the liquor. And alcohol in the building. Now, this isn't going to bother me because I've been sober 29 years. I don't need the liquor, <laughs> um, right? But instead, what we're going to do is uh, where we serve liquor, we're going to put one of these up, which says, if you would like to drink at a game, please call, right, Sharif Kabir, chief executive officer, or write him an email at this number, right, and the, the uh, and tell him, right, to stick stick to his knitting and you know, and to what he's supposed to be doing, and stop, stop grandstanding and trying to get press. The, the uh, so. Wow. Okay. Now, this could be a double-edged sword, James. I don't know what. Because the, liquor sales are important to to the, the bottom line of the you know business. What? To be honest, right, with our values are important to us too. Right. The, the uh, and we and the, the garden has to defend itself. Right. This is why I say people say, you know, you are too sensitive. You shouldn't defend yourself. You know, it, the, it's like something out of the Godfather. You know, it's like, hey, it's only business. It's not only business. Right. And if you sue us. Right. The the, the uh, you know, we're going to tell you not to come. Right. And if you know and if you're grandstanding right with the with the press, et cetera, and threatening my liquor license, I'm going to tell you, you know what? Ahead, take away my liquor license, right? The, the people still going to come to the games, right? The, the uh, and you know honestly, yes, alcohol. But we don't make we don't make all our money on alcohol, right? Like I said, I'm I'm sober. <laughs> That's a bold billionaire, folks. <laughs> he says whatever. Like one night of not selling alcohol is not going to hurt us. We'll still sell food, merch. And obviously the gate, the tickets, like for you to walk in there. So I don't know. I got a kick out of that. You don't hear much from James Dolan, right? You don't hear him talking about the state of the Knicks. But when it's time to, you know, throw somebody out there like uh, 
This guy that he just put on Front Street, he was ready to go. And if you've seen the video from Fox, he's got the whole picture and the printout. Now he's got to do it. Now you got to have that night. Now you got to pick a night, a Rangers game, and have these printouts on the seat, and then have a bunch of people calling and emailing and complaining about not being able to buy their beers in MSG. Okay, now back to Nathaniel Hackett, because I want to keep going on this. Uh, what was I saying about Nathaniel Hackett? The pros and cons of having him. Um, the odds, uh, the Super Bowl odds for the Jets went from plus 4,000 to plus 3,000. So people are starting to feel it. And it's like every Jets fan in the media, on the radio, obviously here at WFAN, you probably heard BT, Craig, and Evan talk about it. I know, uh, you know, Greeny was on ESPN talking about it and tweeting about it. Jets fans are dreaming of Aaron Rodgers coming here. But, like, Mets fans were dreaming of Carlos Correa coming here. And a lot of those fans are the same people. You got to just slow down. Just slow your roll a little bit. I don't say that to be mean or funny or anything, but I just say that to be realistic. It is January 26th. There's a long way to go. Like, this whole thing has to play out and, like, Aaron Rodgers may not want to come here, and the Packers may not want to trade with the Jets or may not want to trade him, and then it's the Jets. Do you really trust the Jets to not fumble the bag? Do you really trust the Jets to, like, get it done? I guess they could, and I know a lot of people want to tie back to history with Brett Favre. It's a little bit different, but I do want to focus on Nathaniel Hackett tonight. Nathaniel Hackett is a good offensive coordinator. And uh, Robert Salas said that they interviewed a bunch of different guys, 15 different candidates, and they kept coming back to Nathaniel Hackett. He said they cast a wide net, and Nathaniel Hackett just checked every box. But (laughs) I was watching NFL Live today, and Keyshawn was joking about it, and he's like, has there ever been a a guy hired and then fired before he gets to call a play? Because this could be deja vu. They could be hiring a guy to get Aaron Rodgers, and then if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come here – Why is he here? Like, why should he get that job? He was terrible at his last job, and the Jets just brought him in. So it's like, I don't know. I think he's the right guy, no matter who the quarterback ends up being. But I think all Jets fans are focused on that quarterback being Aaron Rodgers. Call me up, 877-337-6666. We can talk all the way through it, the prospects of it, the other quarterbacks, the Zach Wilson component of it. And, uh, you know, I'll keep digging and finding some stuff about Nathaniel Hackett and the other coaching hires and coaches staying at other places in the NFL as we get closer to championship weekend and as we get closer to spring training. We're now less than a month away from the first Mets spring training game on February 25th. It's a Saturday against the Marlins. And today makes it a month until the Yankees face the Braves on February 26th. It'll be here before you know it, folks. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up. Let's talk through it. I'll be right back. Yo, yo. All right. 1130-ish. As we proceed. Which I want to talk about, man. Frank Wright. I only say that because he's on NFL Network right now, and I haven't mentioned it. Frank Wright is now... The new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, former Carolina Panther quarterback. I think I saw um, a picture of him, and it said that he was the first QB in franchise history. That was way back. I don't really remember watching Frank play. But uh, congrats. Congrats to Frank. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, you know. I obviously heard 
about uh, Steve Wilkes. And it's unfortunate that every year around this time in the NFL, you know, last year we obviously were talking about Brian Flores and his lawsuit. Um, he felt like he didn't get a fair shake. And now um, Steve Wilkes adds to it. And he was a part of that lawsuit. And he said there's a legitimate race problem in the NFL. You know, he took over as the interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers. And they were close to being in the playoffs representing the NFC South, the worst division in football. But, you know, they turned things around and were contending. And, you know, they got into that game against Tom Brady and almost beat Tom Brady to represent the uh, South. And could have been them playing against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Steve Wilkes did a good job. And, uh, you know, Brian Flores is being interviewed now as a defensive coordinator. Like, I think that ship has sailed for him as far as, you know, being a head coach, at least for, like, the next couple of years. Because, you know, he's through the league, and it's going to be tough for uh, one of these owners to make you a head coach. And, you know, I don't agree with it, but, you know, I don't know every single situation. Uh, and it, it's tricky when you bring race into it. It's tricky when... Uh, you say that there's a race problem. There definitely is. When you look in the league and, and you see all black players, not all black players, but majority black players, you would like to see more representation uh, in the front offices, in uh, in ownership and head coaches. But it's just you know, something that I think is going to take some time. And talking about it and having lawsuits and having discussions around it is uh, going to get us to a better place. But you know, we're not there yet, and Steve Wilkes does not get – the opportunity to continue coaching the Carolina Panthers. Frank Wright is a good head coach. And, you know, uh, take race out of it. I feel like Frank Wright got didn't get a fair shake. Like, he got the, the raw deal in Indianapolis. And now you've got Jim Ursay bringing Jeff Saturday uh, back in for second-round of interviews, and they're saying that there, there's other people in the organization that don't want Jeff Saturday to be the head coach, but Jim Ursay's the owner of the team. That's his drinking partner from what we heard. That's his buddy. That's his guy. He won a Super Bowl for him. You know, he's one of the best players he's ever had. He wants That's who he wants to lead his team. You know, these guys are owners, right? You just heard James Dolan. Like, these guys are billionaires, and they get what they want, and they hire who they want, right, wrong, or whatever. It's their choice. And uh, Frank Wright, like I said, Frank Wright was 40-31-1 in five seasons as the Colts, Colts head coach. It wasn't him. It wasn't just him. And uh, we'll see what he does with the Panthers. But, yeah, congratulations to him, as well as Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, I thought, was good as gone. I thought Dan Quinn might be taking that Colts job. Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. And he said, one more game. We're going to give it one more shot. He said, uh, I'll be back for 2023 to try and, uh, you know, bring this defense to a, a championship. He He wants to see these guys get to a Super Bowl. He likes it in Dallas, and I'm sure Jerry Jones is paying him well. Uh, he informed teams today that he's going to stay another year. And I also think that, uh, you know, he was he was a head coach. Obviously, he famously was a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. They should have won that Super Bowl. They gave it up. I think all of these guys want to be the guy. They all want to be the man, and, and he'll get an opportunity again. But he was interviewing for the Colts job, the Broncos job, and I think both of those teams are a ways away from being competitors and being – uh, in the playoffs, so he's going to stay in Dallas. And uh, for Dallas fans, I feel like that is something that you can at least feel better about, feel good about. He's not leaving Michael Parsons. And uh, the Dallas defense, I think, is only going to get better. They've improved the last couple years. We'll see what they do with Kellen Moore. But I think it's interesting as well that um, Sean Payton 
everyone's expecting him to go back to Fox for another year. And he's expensive, and you got to pay him a lot of money, and you got to give up a pick to the Saints to get him. And uh, he's about to, he's about to go back to the booth. We'll see what happens. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Looking at a few different things. Gonna keep my eye on the NBA. Like back to the back nights, I've been on, and uh, like I missed LeBron's performance a couple nights ago with forty six, and I missed Dame last night had fifty in uh, three quarters. You know, I go home and I turn on League Pass and I turn on whatever, you know, uh, Sports Center or Sports Night. And I'm like, yo, I, I didn't see this. I completely missed this. But it's kind of hard to watch a full game and host a show and take calls and uh, go through notes. But uh, I'll do my best to keep an eye on the NBA in case somebody's going off tonight. And, uh, you know, last night we were looking at the Grizzlies and the Warriors game. And I was telling you guys to turn to that game. And that was a good one coming down to the wire, coming down to the finish. But. Uh, in the NBA, only games that are on now are the uh, Clippers hosting the Spurs and the Suns hosting the Mavericks, and I don't see too much to report there. Uh, TNT had the Knicks game, I believe, and now they've got the Mavericks-Suns game. And, uh, yeah, let's get to the phones. Thanks for calling up. 877-337, a six, a six, and two more sixes. Let's talk to the fans that call the fan. Matt is in New Jersey. What's up, Matt? You got it. Hey, Keith, first off, great to hear a nice, fresh voice on the fan, big fan, and I love your energy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, quick thing. Um, one, I'm a big Jets fan, uh, first of all, and I'm used to the misery that they cause me. You know, I, that's not going away anytime soon. And I feel like this Aaron Rodgers thing, that's going to end up in the same thing between the salary cap, his age. I'm just not a big fan of it. Um, I don't mind the Nathaniel Hackett hire. I think it's a good hire. I really do. Um, now, I have an idea out of left field on this one. I really think the Jets are a good team, and with a halfway decent quarterback, they can make the playoffs and possibly go on a run. Um, you, you give me Gardner Minshew, I'll, I'll live with that. I'll live with that. But my idea out of left field is, how about the other Green Bay quarterback, Jordan Love? I think if Aaron Rodgers does come back and says, listen, I want to finish out my career in Green Bay, he might not be a bad guy to go after. I think you can get him for cheap, maybe two second-round picks or something. But I think you're looking at a guy with a high upside that's still young, you know, still has the Nathaniel Hackey connection. And you never know. Maybe the Jets find their franchise quarterback that way. What do you think? Yeah, thanks for the call, Matt. I'll take it from here. Um, I was watching NFL Live, and, and Dan Orlovsky was talking about Jordan Love as well, and I just, like, I don't think that's going to do it. That's not going to satisfy the Jet fan. The Jets fans want to win right now, right? They had a team that should have made the playoffs. So if you put a quarterback on this team that isn't much of a difference maker and they come up short, everybody's getting fired. Jordan Love, we don't know what he is. In three years in the league, we've seen him in preseason. We've seen him in very limited uh, appearances in NFL games because Aaron Rodgers plays the whole game, and, and Aaron Rodgers had a chip on his shoulder. They draft this kid instead of drafting a weapon for him, and he goes and wins back-to-back -back MVPs. Jordan Love can't be the move. He can't be the answer. Now, Matt suggested Gardner Minshew. At least I know I've seen Gardner Minshew start in the NFL, win some games, has been in the NFL a little longer Maybe Gardner Minshew could be the guy, but you got to surround these guys with more talent. Aaron Rodgers is a guy, like the team as it is right now with Aaron Rodgers, they're a competitor. 
but I, I, I caution the Jets fans to get their, you know, to not get their hopes up so much. You know, that's why I made the comparison to Carlos Correa. It's like, you know, they celebrate, and that was that was a done deal, we thought. You know, you celebrated the Carlos Correa thing, and then it, it didn't go all the way through. It's like, don't start this dream of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets. There's It's one so long to play out. It, it won't play out for months. And there's so many factors that can make it go left before it goes right. But when you're thinking about the next quarterback for the Jets, he can't be somebody that's going to potentially compete with Zach Wilson. That's just like a cut above Zach Wilson. And Aaron Rodgers is decades beyond a Zach Wilson. And he makes sense. They know each other. They're friends. Zach Wilson idolizes this guy. Aaron Rodgers is not dumb. He He's, he's smart. And... It wasn't a coincidence that he goes on Pat, Pat McAfee and shares the story about him texting Zach Wilson at like 6, 7 o'clock on a Friday night and he's still in the facility and him being a veteran in this league telling him, hey, go be a kid. Get away from the building. Go clear your head. I know you want to work. I know you want to get better. I know everybody in the world is telling you you need to get better, but you also need to have some time to yourself. I just think that the pairing of Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett, the pairing of Nathaniel um, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, and Zach Wilson, it's its almost too good to be true, right? It's almost too good to be true. It can happen, sure. Uh, Woody has already said he'll pay him. You know, he'll pay him the $60 million or whatever it is he's going to make. And the first-round draft picks, you know, they've hit on first-round draft picks. They can give up their 2023, 2024 first-round draft picks to get an Aaron Rodgers because let's say he plays for two years, you go to the playoffs – I don't know, maybe you go to AFC Championship. Maybe the next year you go to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers trying to get another ring. Aaron Rodgers trying to get another MVP. And I've said this a ton. Garrett Wilson. It's not about Zach Wilson. It's about Garrett Wilson. Get him a quarterback that can consistently put the ball on him. And that kid is going to be one of the best receivers in the league. He already was a top 15 receiver in yards. And he caught passes from Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson. So with this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, do I think it can happen? Sure, anything can happen. And we don't know. That's something I, t- I tell you guys all the time. Nobody knows anything. We speculate. This is radio. We're fans. And even the hosts, I know they think uh, as hosts we're more tapped in or more planned. We don't know either. We're talking about what we think can happen. Sure, can it happen? Maybe. But, like, it's January 26th. We got a long way to go. New league year isn't until, like, second week of March. And, I don't know, the trade would have to happen by June and, just so many other factors can come into play. Aaron Rodgers could say, oh, I'm hanging it up. Aaron Rodgers could say, I only want to play in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers could say, I don't want to do that because that's what happened to Brett Favre. I don't want another thing to compare me to, uh, you know, this guy that stole money down there in Louisiana or Mississippi, rather. Just slow your roll a bit. It's, it's, what, what I can tell Jets fans is it's good that you know Zach Wilson is not going to be your starting quarterback next year. They already have committed to finding a veteran, and the first step in doing that was hiring a veteran offensive coordinator. For two years, they tried the rookie offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback, second-year quarterback. They failed. Rob Sala and the rest of these guys don't have another season to fail. They're all in on a veteran OC. Got him. Now you got to go get a veteran quarterback that can work with him. Aaron Rodgers is the clear-cut favorite, makes the most sense. Got to have him. But these are the Jets. There's a chance that they botch this, and there's also a chance that this is Aaron Rodgers. He might not want this. Does he want to come to New York? I obviously heard, uh, you know, his his 
girlfriend who he's dating went to Princeton. I think she's the daughter of the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if that really matters. Like, you know, uh, wasn't he dating Shailene Woody or something like that? Woodley, Shailene Woodley. I don't, I don't keep up with these guys like dating affairs. But who knows, man? We'll see what happens. He's now dating, actually, the uh, or reportedly dating the daughter of the Milwaukee Bucks owner, Mallory What's her name? Edens. Mallory, so I'm like, like Googling. Shailene Woodley, Mallory what? Mallory Edens. I don't think it's confirmed, but that's what's being reported. All right, she's not bad looking. Uh, but, like, I just don't. This is Aaron Rodgers, bro. I don't think Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could pick up a girl in any city, anywhere. I don't think these chicks really have anything to do with it. They're not his wife. But, of course, they come into the conversation because people are trying to connect dots any way they can. We got to break it down. We got to get these spots in before 12. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. Yo, yo. Couple minutes here before we get to the next break and update. Let's see if I can get some calls in. I think I've said enough, so let's go right to the phones. 877-337-6666. When we break again and I switch studios, I will reset the table, as I like to say, with different topics and conversations and things to talk about to pass the time tonight. Hopefully you're well wherever you are, if you're working, if you're driving, if you're just at home chilling, listening and uh, ending the night. But want to keep listening to sports conversation and uh, get your fill of the sports talk. Mike is on Long Island. What's up, Mike? You're on the fan. Keith, what's good, brother? How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling up. Yeah, man. So, all right. So, I want to talk about Hackett, and I got to get a little Ben Simmons in for Nets World, who's out there, yourself included. Mm-hmm. Um, Hackett. I'm not mad at the hire, man. I'm not mad at the hire. I mean, the guy was not a head coach. Not everyone's made out to be a head coach. Connor Mondrian, Norv Turner, you know, naturally being a Jets fan who goes to last half full. I've been reading everything about him all day. And, you know, he's definitely a well-regarded guy, man, a lighthearted guy. He has experience. I think having the job he had and failing at it, that probably makes it – it probably crystallized for him. You know what? I just want to be a coordinator. I can focus on that, focus what I'm good at, my expertise, and – that can help the team. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers thing, I mean, you have to go for it. We're the Jets. I mean, you know, you can have all your first-round draft picks. You obviously can't draft and develop quarterbacks. That's been proven for, like, 50-some years. So, you might as well, you know, go for it with Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, Garden Minshew, that's nasty. Can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it might be more realistic, though. Honestly, I think Jimmy G is going to be the guy here, for sure. I just, like, I just think he makes uh, a ton of sense. And I know that's not as shiny as uh, Aaron Rodgers, but it's more shiny than Gardner Minshew. I'd rather have Derek Carr. Yeah, I think Derek Carr. I don't know if Derek Carr wants to come to New York. Um, He's always been a West Coast guy. But, I mean, we don't know. None of us know. There's a few names. I think Lamar Jackson's name is off the board right now. Less people are talking about him. Uh, Less people are talking about Baker Mayfield. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Jimmy G. I guess Gardner Minshew and Derek Carr, and there's one oh. other name I'm forgetting. I feel like Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. I don't even want to hear that guy. But uh, what about you, man, Ben Simmons, man? This has been He's a rough not my ride, man's. Man. I just came from the game tonight. Oh man! Like yo, when he went out of the game, I thought he was poked in the eye, and then they they announced that he's out with left knee soreness. I swear, it's like this dude does not want to be on the floor. Uh, it's, it's it's peculiar. You are a max contract first 
pick, rookie of the year, former all-star. It's like the monster zapped this dude of his basketball powers. He's trying to figure it out every night, and it seems like he's quitting on himself. It's, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like this. He doesn't believe that he can play basketball anymore. He doesn't like to do it. His body language is off. You see him on the court, you just see how he looks. He just has this kind of like, I don't know, this like deer-in-the-headlights look going on, just this glaze over his face, and he doesn't want to drive. He doesn't cut to the rim. He's just saying he passes the ball, satisfied. I heard you talking about this on Talking Nets the other day. I mean, he, he cuts, he comes across half court, passes the ball, sets the screen, and watches. There's the whole side of the is open. Drive to the rim. Get fouled. Who cares? Get us in the penalty. But, like, he just doesn't believe he could do it, and he has the ability. That's the worst Which part. is crazy like, because we, we do this playing street ball, pick up basketball, and you got this guy. He's, I don't know, yo. It, I, I just, I, I'm mad at the Nets. Because I knew, like, they pulled me in on Carton and Roberts, and, and they asked me if I wanted the trade, and I said, no, I don't want that problem. I don't want the headache that's Ben Simmons. Like, make make James Harden play, force him to play, or just put him on the bench, but do not sign up for Ben Simmons. I just want Karis LeVert and uh, Jerry Allen back. Yeah, we can never get him back, and that's something else <laughs> I said to Evan that day. I'm like, we, I'm like are they going to trade our, and get our guys back? Are we going to be able to get – I don't want any trade for any other guys. If we can't trade and get – Jared Allen and Karis LeVert back. I don't want Ben Simmons. Like, I could tell. I just, I knew we were going to end up in this situation expecting more from him. Like, could you imagine if he actually played in that Celtic series when Nets fans were saying, yo, he's got to play. He's got to play in that Celtic series. No way. That would have been even more embarrassing. Say that again, bro. You're cutting up. I, I can't hear you. It's uh, breaking up a little uh, bit. Yeah, like, oh, my bad. Hopefully I'm still there. All I heard was Utah Jazz. Oh man, when he had eight, when he had forty-two against the Utah Jazz, like eighteen months ago or something like that. Do you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. I got oh, you. Okay. Yeah, I've seen him play live. I saw him have a thirty-four point triple double against the Brooklyn Nets on Martin Luther King Day in twenty twenty. That is not that the same guy. Series. That's not the same guy. Is is miraculous, yo? It's 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 peculiar. They got to do like a special case study on this guy. Like, I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. How could he not have a sports psychologist though? At this, I mean, reasonably, that's an expectation. Like in this situation, you're getting paid thirty-five million dollars a year. You've lost your confidence in your ability to be a proficient, you know, basketball player. You know, but everything else is there. Like, how could you not have the the most elite sports psychologist? It's New York City to work through this issue to say, Ben, get to the bottom of it so he can find whatever balance he needs to be able to play. I thought I, they I mean, did that, right? I thought they did that because the whole thing with the Sixers, you know, and him suing the Sixers, he claimed mental health, mental illness, and, like, not being mentally ready to go on the – I don't know, bro. It's just like I just hate that the Nets inherited this. You know, yeah, as, much, as, much as, they, as much as they talk about the Nets, like the Nets – uh, they they added an, another narrative and it's just nonsense. And I, they're they're trying to get what they can out of him. Sometimes he plays good defense, but he's always in foul trouble. That's another reason why I'm like he wants to get off the floor. This, this guy's always running up the fouls. And then when he even all right, he should have had an offensive foul. Who was on him? I think uh, Diallo was on him. He clearly put his arm out and pushed off. And I'm like, you know you can't do that. Like, are you trying to get fouls called on you so you sit down and then you're not in the spotlight and then you don't have to go to the free throw line and you're not like, if that's the case, like, this guy shouldn't be playing. 
they, he, he just doesn't want it. And last night it was almost like when he was in Philly, like uh, some sort of switch was flipped because he was in it. He was into the game. He was making plays. You know, he yeah. Was at at halftime, we noticed a difference, right? In the beginning of the game, he had nothing. He had more fouls than he had shot attempts. And then they went in the locker room, and I think everybody looked at him like, Ben, we're back in your old stomping grounds. All of these fans are booing you every time you touch the ball. They're getting turned up every time it's you versus Embiid. Do something, bro. Score. And he came out in the second half. He was aggressive. He had some dunks. He had some layups. Like, just him shooting the ball helps the flow of the game. He can't be passing so much, but I don't know. I'm so tired of watching him play. I'm so tired of talking about it. The trade deadline's two weeks away. If they can find anyone dumb as the Nets to take this guy, I would love that. But at, at this point, you've got a max contract player with all of these accolades that is not the, the same guy anymore, and, and you can't really have him on the floor. You can't have him on the floor late in games. He, he took himself out of this game tonight, and two nights ago they couldn't have him on the floor because, they like, hack a Ben, and, and he's already in foul trouble. So it's just, it's just nonsense, bro. It's annoying to watch the Nets with this guy on the team. And here we go, Knicks versus Nets Saturday. And uh, everybody will be watching Ben Simmons, and the Nets literally need him. I think that the Knicks, their their little squad is coming together. This is the Knicks' best chance to beat the Nets coming up on Saturday. And if Ben Simmons doesn't play and play well, they they probably will beat the Nets. You know, more than likely, what we'll see on Saturday, Ben Simmons, is the fashion show because we'll probably be out and you know nursing his his uh, yep, sore yep. knee, his I'll back, his it. knee. Something's gonna flare up, and then he'll be Gucci Louie down. On the bench. Thanks for the call, Mike. We got to switch studios, go to the other side. It'll be Friday morning when you hear me next. Don't go anywhere. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back.